0: you know so a lot of times what we're doing and then no one will ever come see me is i'm looking for suffering and then i press on it so it's weird as i was saying, i don't i don't help people feel better i help people feel their feelings better and so i actually need to find where's the little boy or little girl inside that's suffering because they don't feel loved
1: Welcome back to another episode. I am excited to have Figs O'Sullivan with me. He is a couples counselor and founder of empathy.com. That's empathy with an I at the end, not a Y. And I'm delighted to have you, especially since half of my lineage is Irish. So ah. it's exciting to have, have you with us today. Thank you for being ah. here.
0: Ah, thank you, Melanie. Lovely to be here with you today. Yeah.
1: So you have a really interesting background and you know, it sounds like part of where you've landed is a couples counselor to the tech industry, more or less, which we'll get into. But I'm curious to hear about your personal journey getting to where you are, because I think right. couples counseling is such a specific niche. And I'm imagining that maybe it had something to do with your own relationship history. So we'd love mm-hmm. to hear about your your path to where yeah. you, how you got to where you are.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. It's the most important part is, um, you know, I, I'm I'm from Ireland and, you know, very cliched Irish story. You know, I'm the son of an alcoholic father and a heartbroken mother. And so I didn't really have the cocoon of family belonging that I needed. Um, you know, I was very anxious as a kid. Lots of, you know, shame around, you know, basically the, the dysfunction of the family. And, you know, I dealt with that in many different ways. Like, you know, all of us do. Right. Lots of character strategies. Um, and... But what was really clear to me is that by far, the most important thing for me was and is to be in connection, to be emotionally bonded and to be part of a family. Um, and so I think like that's the main thing that, make, that has made couples cancelling such a like an easy I mean, like pretty it was pretty immediately apparent it was the right path for me and thing to do you know so cuz i get to i basically get to by being able to be a good couples counselor i have to be able to do all of this stuff for myself and make connection possible which is not easy like to be a husband and a dad that's actually present you know with all of my limitations um so So I kind of feel like uh, being a couples cancer. It's almost like cheating. I have it easier than everyone else because every session with a client or clients, I um, they reflect something about myself that that you know kind of regrounds me, recommit[s] me to my own marriage and my own growth, and so. But so that's the main the main reason why I do what I
1: do. Yeah, I'm curious. You know that was a poignant description of growing up in a home with an alcoholic father and a heartbroken mother and i think a lot of people going to be able to relate to that dynamic and the sense of not necessarily feeling that sense of safety at home emotional safety and or physical safety and i'm curious on your own path did you did you get counseling what was your path like coming into relationships in your, yeah. in your young adulthood. How did that work? Given yeah.
0: I, yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've been, you know, in and out of visiting my dad in rehab centers and hospitals as a kid and Al-Anon and like Alateen. And, and I always hated that stuff. Like I hated it as a kid and a teenager. Um and then I did I did go to individual counseling as a, in my 20s. And honestly, like, you know, I lived in San Francisco, you know, from Ireland, from Dublin, but lived in San Francisco when as soon as I graduated college. And I always felt like I needed to have a shower after counseling because the therapist would just sit there and listen and they'd be writing in their little notepad. But like they never disclose anything about themselves. It was just this weird like so I just come in and I tell you stuff. I feel bad about myself. You don't say anything. There's no real relationship like it was such an awful like that that actually was a shameful experience going to counseling right and then and then look I spent a lot of my probably until I became like I started working as a therapist like I did a lot of rescuing I did a lot of one of the main ways I kind of didn't have to deal with my own like pain and vulnerability and shame and like not enoughness and heartbrokenness is I did a lot of rescuing of other people. I know, of course, I didn't realize, oh, I'm a rescuer. So, that, you know, and of course, I'm a little boy again, trying to like make my heartbroken bro- mother feel better. But just like when I was a little boy, if, my, if I said to my mom, like, hey, by the way, I'm your little boy trying to make you feel better. She's like, you won't even do the dishes. What are you talking about? Right, it's like it really is an emotional thing, right? It's not like I was I'm actively doing stuff, but emotionally inside, like I'm like, like I'm never going to be good enough unless I can please make my primary attachment figure feel better. Like I, the world is not going to be okay until they're okay. So, so I relived that, I recreated that over and 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 over, and over again, right? I had like. The strippers, the drug addicts, the emotionally crippled. I i mean, and by the way, these are all amazing people. And I hope they don't listen to the show. Jesus, right? Right. Know the, what they would say about me, right? But like, you know, like when you're rescuing people, like it obviously didn't serve me because eventually I feel resentful. And also all I did was disempower them. Right. So it was a disaster for them. I wasn't it's not you're not actually been a knight in shining armor so anyway I did that whole thing right and um but I really wanted love to work because again I have this deep real longing for for actually being in belonging um and so I Luckily, I learned EFT, Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy, right? And that's the primary method. Like, I've added to it and added my own stuff, right? But I'm a certified Emotionally Focused Couples Therapist. And I was in a relationship that was failing badly, right? Like, really badly. And I was learning Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy. And it was making me sick to my stomach because I'm like, oh, shoot. I don't know if I can curse but I'll try I can curse. Okay. Like, so, so like I was realizing, oh my God, this is totally it. And I, I literally wanted to puke. I could barely sit in my seat in the training because I'm like, this is it, but I couldn't make it work in that relationship. Right. It just like too much water pass, like too much shit. Right. But, but then, but it really set me up for when I did meet my now wife it really set me up on how how to make love work as a wounded human being, that it's always going to be a challenge for me. Like staying bonded was really hard. Right. And so so um I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great segue into what EFT is and right. what it can do because I I I have other Friends who are therapists, and they've also mentioned the power of EFT. And I just want to be clear with the audience if you've heard of EFT, emotional freedom technique, that's the tapping technique. This is not that. This is a separate modality specifically for couples. And it's, and you're going to talk about it, but it sounds like you had a visceral experience of this is going to be important in my life. And well, you described it as wanting to puke, but also yeah, it exactly. did it, it's not magical. You know, it didn't work for the relationship you were in, for example. It's not magical. Yeah. It's incredibly valuable and helpful, but it's not magical, which is yeah. sort of the truth about any modality. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's it's helpful, it's not magical. So tell us tell us more about that and how you mm-hmm. Applied it to your own relationship, if that's what you did for? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. So, so the first thing I'm going to say like, so emotionally focused couples therapy, there are two main, like, well, three main, let's say, the theories it's pulling from two theories. One, you know type of psychotherapy um the two theories: one is attachment theory and this is just this basic idea that we all need to be emotionally bonded from the cradle to the grave right your need to be emotionally bonded is your primary need right when you were born you didn't need food and shelter or an iphone and that's weird right you actually needed to have a good enough other on the other side of your birth or you would die and so no matter how grown up you are and amazing you are at breakdancing, right, still your your organism is still built to actually look out and go. Is there someone there that is there for me, and/or I'm enough for them? And if the it looks like the answer is no to that question, your limbic system is going to feel threatened. It's going to be constricted. No matter, and again, you probably built up loads of amazing ways not to feel that, like whether that's like oh, I don't care, or I like video games, or like I criticize other people, or I placate other people, or whatever. Like you know, everybody's built up you know, I'm incredibly nice to people. Um, You know, everybody's built up ways not to feel the pain of it looks like no one's there. It looks like I'm not enough for someone. But so there's the center of attachment theory, like that's it. Like that's what's motivating 98% of people's behaviors. Right. And so then two people get together and this comes to second theory and they create a system. So now I have two people That actually really, really care about when they look out into the world, is my primary emotional bonding partner there for me and or am I enough for them? And they think they're talking about here. I was thinking about getting a cup of coffee and the other person goes, were you going to invite me? And And the person goes, well, why would I have said it to you? Now, really, let's translate that conversation. One person had a moment where they were just saying, I think I want a cup of coffee. They're just thinking like for them, they made a neutral comment. But what the other person heard in that was, is this a possibility that this is going to be one of these moments where you're not here for me? And they got scared. And then when they said, could I come? The the first person that originally said, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee, actually heard it as an opportunity. Oh, shit, I'm going to hit my not enough place again. And so now they keep talking, thinking they're talking about a cup of coffee, but their limbic system, the little naked mole rats inside of them, right, they can only smell and touch. They're fucking freaking out. They're like in an existential threat. And then that that person or couple come to see me and they're embarrassed to say, look, we almost divorced because of coffee this morning. But and they think like they're like they think this is bad. And I'm like, it totally makes sense. You scared the living shit out of each other. Right. And it's and it's right. Right. It's right. It looked like you weren't there and it looked like you were going to be a disappointment forever. Right. No wonder. No wonder you nearly divorced. like like that's some scary shit. And that's about coffee. That's not even about sex right think about what people do and i know you notice know what do people do by sex where it looks like we, you you didn't notice the lingerie like wh- what was your proud? like you're like oh my god like look it's fucking gorgeous like, like look oh i love it oh no it doesn't matter don't even bother trying that right like people like scare the shit out of each other right and they don't even understand what's going on
1: that's such a good point because i was just talking to someone about uh the, the frequent arguments that couples have, which I, I'm sure you can categorize it, but one of them is um, picking up after yourself in the house. Hmm. And I think that's a good example of most couples have arguments that on the surface seem like they're about the thing, but they're never really about the thing. They're not about the dishes or picking up your socks. They're about, do you care about me? and am I enough for you? Like you said, I think that's a really beautiful way of summarizing it is, do you love me? Do you still love me? And am I enough for you? Am I fucking things up again? Are you gonna leave me because I'm fucking things up again? And that recognition of, let's talk about what's going on underneath this, this on the surface feels like a valuable place for a couples counselor or some other third nervous system in the room that can help with the mole rats, because I think that's exactly. such a beautiful example of the, the limbic system, you know, to your point, and for people that aren't familiar with it, there's no rationality there. It, it's, it's not the same system as your prefrontal cortex. It's a different system and it, it's really just fear. And <laughs> I mean, fear and protection It, yeah. it doesn't have a lot more than that. And mm-hmm. when both people's limbic systems are activated, they are very limited in what they can think about and be rational about. So there can be these arguments, like you said, where people recognize this is completely irrational that I'm freaking out about this, but I can't stop freaking out about this. Right. And that yeah. moment, that pattern, if you are a couple in, in that kind of pattern, it can be a great idea to get some assistance because it's almost like you're drunk. You're not really conscious in those moments. And so it's, and it's imagine having a deep conversation when you're really wasted, it's going to be hard. You're not right. going to be able to keep things in your head. You know, your whole system changes when you're in fight or flight. So tell us a little about EFT and how right. it can help in the, if for example, the coffee scenario or what you, I'm imagining that yeah. was an amalgamation client.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just making it up on the on the top of my head. But um, so, so, by the way, and that's the second theory, systems theory, right? So the first one is the attachment. We all need to be emotionally bonded. And then, of course, two people come together and they create a system, a third entity. And then we study the system. So I'd say that the biggest like um, the real kind of strongest part of emotionally focused therapy is the emphasis on the system and the unrelented doggedness at we have to be able to go from bad back to neutral. Like mo- most counseling, most couples cancelling. you know, I don't want to like, eh, you know, couples cancelling. like therapists, your friends, yourself, your granny, they want to help you go from bad to good. And that's too big of a jump, right? And in fact, yeah, like it's going to make things worse. If you try and go from bad to good, you're going to fall flat on your face, right? What we need to do, and this is nobody wants to do this intuitively. We got to go from bad to neutral, right? And so, and that's like where... So we go from two separate stories of what's going on to one shared story that we both fit inside. Neither of us are bad, neither of us are wrong. Both of us got hurt and both of us hurt the other person, right? That's that's neutral. And of course, that's a conceptual thing. And then the art or craft of what I do is then I help that go from a concept to a lived experience that drops people into empathy and compassion for self, another. So now, if we live in that neutral place, now and, and like it doesn't matter what we're talking about—coffee, sex, money—you keep doing the like the worm. When I actually want you to do the moonwalk with me, if you're dancers, I know a lot of your your audience likes <laughs> to dance
1: uh, right? for sure. Yeah. Or in-laws, where are we spending the holidays?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In-laws. Like so this is the crazy thing people always want to jump to a solution and the the thing that EFT like if done right the beauty of it the actual magic is we don't actually try and solve problems and it's really weird Right. Is because if we have if we get a couple to live in this neutral world together where I actually really understand how that hurt you. Like I said, I was going to coffee and you had a moment of thought like I didn't want you to come. Oh, no wonder it hurt. And, And it actually now makes sense to me that you said, well, go. Go to coffee, right? Like now that I get that you're actually hurting, you got scared, I didn't care about it, it actually made sense. And then the other person like is able to now interrupt suddenly like, look, and even if that's true, the fact that you said you're going to coffee and then I threw your shoe at your head as you were walking, like that actually would have been kind of shocking, right? And then they hug each other and like, oh, this is so sad for both of us. And that's the key. The first place I need to help people connect is in a sad place. And a hard place, right? And everybody wants to connect in a good place. Like, no, we got to work on connecting. We have to go from two separate sadnesses, two separate pains of being disconnected, to one shared pain of being disconnected first, right? And, and like I said, that let's like, no one's ever come into my office and said, hey, Figs, would you help us feel connected in how shit everything is, right? It's just not on the menu that people want, but it is what they need. Right. And so this is the other thing. So people won't actually do the work to make things better until they're really suffering because they would rather go get Cosmopolitan magazine or go to the pub or talk while they're playing some first person shooter about like, you know, my my husband and my partner's it. Dick. he doesn't show up or like you know my wife she just nah, nah, nah. and she doesn't put out like like what well, like like you know they want they'll try they'll just get stuff that they get validated on this like the same solutions they want to try over and over and over again and it's not until it's really bad that they'll actually do what they need which is we gotta drop into um into this neutral place where we're both hurting and we're both hurting each other
1: Yeah, I, it's interesting because, you know, I've been working with couples that are not in distress where I have a course specifically for couples that know they want their relationship to be strong and solid. Mm -hmm. And, and so they, they're aware they need to do attachment stuff. They're aware they need to learn about repair, but they don't really know exactly how to do those things. So I'm working with couples that are in a good place, wanting to stay strong, But you're working with couples in distress and I'm interested in this, you know, the difference between good and bad couples counseling. One thing I really love that you said was the goal is not to get from bad to good. The goal is to get from bad to neutral. First,
0: yeah, the the first step, the first step.
1: That feels like a doable goal. And Mm -hmm. also what you said, I think, is really important about working from getting from two different narratives to a shared narrative right. because Right. when we're in the place of let's say the the, the couple where she's angry because he's not picking up around the house and he's mm-hmm. angry because he feels controlled or nagged he feels he feels nagged and controlled and she feels mm-hmm. how she feels you know the like you said it doesn't sound like EFT is what's the solution you know are you going to get a drawer for the socks you know how are you going to solve the problem it's let's spend time with her experience of feeling missed or feeling dropped or feeling like I'm not cared about in in home. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care. If he cared about me, he would pick up and his experience of feeling controlled or feeling like I'm fucking it up. I'm not doing it right. I'm not enough. So he's in his shame spiral and she's in her shame spiral. Mm -hmm. And, and it's about, Feeling those, actually being with each other and feeling those and understanding the little girl or the little boy that's scared. And a lot of times when we're scared, what comes out is anger. <laughs> so, exactly. so then you yeah. get the arguments. But the goal, like you said, it sounds like, and I'm so interested in hearing from you about this, is not to get from that to, oh my God, we love each other so much right away. It's to get from, I feel like I'm so right to i see i see you i see your story i see your pain Mm. i'm hurt like you said i'm hurt and you're and you're hurt and what narrative how do you do that how does that actually work in a second she's pissed he's pissed walk me through that
0: well yeah i mean look that's the that's the main body of the work right um like So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And just to be clear, I do want them to really, really love each other. And the place that people need love the most and are actually most capable of loving the deepest is when the way they protect themselves are no longer needed to be present. And they're just in their most hurt, vulnerable selves right now. That, that takes a lot to get people there. But so how do we do it? The first thing is like, so let's say, you know, let we'll do the, it's messy in the house, right? And one person is like, you never show up. I asked you to do it and you still don't do it. So let's just, the assumption is like deep down inside, they don't feel prioritized. They don't feel cared for. They don't feel considered. And so they're like needs and it actually hurts. So I want to get, what's the unmet love need? I don't feel considered when I don't feel considered and I'm going to like try and like using craft like and this is i don't know how to explain the craft part like actually get them to be in the experience of i don't feel considered now and i'm feeling the sadness the pain and the shame of not being considered and then what do they do so now we know this is what's actually happening deep down inside but what do you actually do well what i actually do is i shout get your act together you little ferret Right, so now I know their judgment. They think their partner's a ferret, and the action they take, they ju- they shout at them. Right, but but that's just what they do. That's what, who they play on TV. When really deep down inside, they're a not considered person. That's deeply, deeply sad because being considered by their partner is so important to them. So now I can organize what we call an enactment. Because and this all came from them. It's not me telling them. But like I, they're just being with their experience. So now I can organize all that together. Is like, yeah, hey. So if I'm getting this, you know, when you call your partner a a ferret um, and you're mad at them and you shout at them, what's really happening deep down inside is you're not feeling considered and it's really sad and I'll get them to tell them. So I've organized it for them that you're not actually an angry ferret caller, right? You're actually a not considered sad person because being considered by that partner means so much to you, which is frigging good news. They should go to 7-Eleven, get the most expensive bottle of champagne they have, right? And celebrate, holy shit, you know when your wife calls you a ferret, it's actually because she loves the shit out of you because being considered by you means so much, right? Now, like I could put all the words together and someone could write it down. Like someone could listen to this now and go like, hey, damn, you're not a ferret. I just don't feel considered and it's sad for me. It doesn't matter. It's not the words, right? It, that's, and that's what I'm saying. It's crap, right? It's got to make them have that. Like it's a, we've time traveled and they're feeling it right now. And it's an undeniable, holy shit. This person really, me considering them really matters that it's not just they get angry at me, right? And they call me like other rodents, right? They have a, like a freaking, like, smorgasbord of different rodents they call their their spouse right or they get
1: or, aggressive and well,
0: exactly
1: or they get cold yeah
0: or yeah exactly they get yeah they get cold they like you know well well shirley's shirley's husband actually just bought a rumba you know like, you know, whatever they, yeah, they do whatever, like, but, but anyway, so, so look, so we, we, so we get it. And then the other side, we have to do the same thing. It's like, you know, the, the, let's just say again, the typical, the husband just goes, oh, if you're going to be upset about it, forget it, do it yourself. Why don't I just hire some help? Right. Like the up Right. So they, that's what they do. That's the way they protect themselves. And then we want to get, but what's it really like when it looks like you're a disappointment and like, you know, your partner's that upset with you. And so we try and mine for um, the suffering, how what it feels like that I'm never enough, I'm always a disappointment and what the vulnerable feeling is. And then we're going to get them to do the same thing. It's like, hey, you know, when it looks like I'm not interested and I don't care and I just give up or I just go to the pub. Right. Um, actually, what's really happening is it really hurts to feel like I'm a disappointment. Like I end up feeling really bad about myself because being enough for you really matters. Now, most clients don't have, they don't know that's what's happening or they do like, so I'll have to help them organize it and then craft, help them really, really feel it much deeper. So, and this is, so there's, you know, so a lot of times what we're doing and then no one will ever come see me. Is I'm looking for suffering and then I press on it. So it's weird. As i was saying, I don't I don't help people feel better. I help people feel their feelings better. And so I actually need to find where's the little boy or little girl inside that's suffering because they don't feel loved. And and the other the person's entire job when I got out of bed was not to feel the pain of that little boy or little girl. And I'm going to see it and out of pure love and care. I'm going to see if I can bring that little one out safely. And that's why the neutral place is so important. Like, like, I'm not going to bring little girls and little boys out and get them to share their feelings until we're like deeply until we're in a neutral place. You don't want you don't want to have a Ukrainian today walk up to a Russian show, soldier and go, hey, you know, my feelings are really hurt that you're it is not safe. We want. That's why I did neutral. Like, hey, we're both hurting. We're both hurting each other, and a couple can live there. Then it's safe to go. Hey, I get really hurt, right? But if you were to like do that too early, access people's feelings really deeply too soon, and have them share it, they they might, you know, what they're going to hear back might might hurt really badly. It's not a, it's not a safe thing to do. Right. So, so, so we, we get them to the neutral place, both and we both hurt each other and then we, and then that's their dominant narrative and they go to bed at this night and it helps their little naked mole rats, right? Their emotional system feel a little safer. I actually am sleeping right now with someone that loves me and cares about me. They're just suffering too. <sighs> And then when it's clear that's the world they're living in, now we can deeply access the little girl or the little boy. And like we're time traveling and we're back in those parts that are hurting. And now we could create the missing experience where that little one could, hey, hey, it looks like I'm not considered and no one is there. They don't have to call the person the ferret or be passive aggressive, right? They could actually just stay in the vulnerability. And now because it's safe for their partner, their partner be on the edge of their seat and they'll give them the experience of I'm here now. And so this is, you know, the the key essential healing of the work is always you weren't there then, but it looks like you're here now. And I could dare to let you in now, even though you weren't there then, right? Um, And so really... That's it. Like, I'm just trying to create those three experiences, right? Like going from two separate narratives where we're both suffering and the other person did it to us to holy shit, we're both suffering and I see how we both do it to each other. Shared sadness but we're connect, we're a team. And then we do that really well. Now we can go really deep and have the missing experiences we needed all along, Never mind, just in a relationship. Like this is the whole reason we try and be a relationship in the first place, that we could get that love that we didn't get enough of. And I always wanted it with you. And the reason like I have the most chance of getting it with you is actually the way, because of the ways you can show up because it looks actually and feels very like the way it originally felt when I was a kid. It's not enough just to have someone that just instantly is able to show up. Like we got to work at it work for it. And then so if we can have both of those people have those missing experiences, they can, they can conquer anything. Like, like working out who does the dishes, whether we're going to my parents or your parents for the holidays. Now they know who they are. They know who, like, I know that my wife is this little girl inside and my Like my job is to love the shit out of that little girl that doesn't feel considered. And, and the wife at the same time, she's like, I know my husband is, there's a little boy inside him that can feel like no matter what he does is not enough. And, and they're the people that now decide whose house do we go to? I don't know what the right answer is, but they decide knowing like who they really are to each other and what the responsibility they have, which is to love the little ones inside of each other for the rest of their lives. And then I do a three-way fist bump with them over Zoom. And I don't know about you, but I'm not actually not attached when I do three. I like big jellyfish at the end of a three-way fist bump. Like I like to do, you know, the big one. But I don't mind. Some people like little jellyfish, right? I don't care how we ritualize the end of the therapy, but the idea is to get them to a place they don't need me as soon as possible. And we leave each other And I change my numbers so that they can never come back again.
1: That's a quality, that's a quality therapist move right there. Exactly. exactly. Take notes, everyone listening. No, but
0: but by the way, I I do Joe. I mean, it's probably true. Part of another reason I probably like couples counseling is the idea is come see me, let me help you, and then leave. Whereas individual clients. Listen, the reason we moved to Hawaii is I've got individual clients that like were with me for 20 years. Like they won't leave. I've I've changed the locks, you know, and they're still showing up for their appointment times.
1: Well, this is one thing, know. actually, I'm curious because my understanding of EFT, one of my friends was studying it a couple of years ago, is that it is finite. It's not meant yeah. to be an infinite process. It's a exactly. structural process. And it's meant to not only, and I'm curious if you could speak to this, not only help couples heal and stay together, but also help couples decide whether that's in their highest and best. That EFT is not just, we're always going to help you and your relationship is always going to work. It's Mm -hmm. some relationships aren't going to work and it's going to help reveal that so can you speak a little to because I think the danger in couples counseling of the the vested interest of this relationship has to work exactly some relationships aren't healthy and one or more people in them don't want to grow and that's you can't get to earned attachment without both people wanting to grow
0: yeah well well, uh, well that's true right on one level but on another level the way I always put it is like look Let's say I said to you, let, we want to go to, um, I don't know, an amusement park, like with the roller coasters and stuff. And you said and I said and you said to me, I don't want to go like, that's fine. Like, you know, just get in the car. Um, and you're like, fine, I'll get in the car. And let's say then we get to where we're buying the tickets and you're still like, I don't even want to buy a ticket. Like, OK, just fine. come inside. Right. And then you're like, like, OK, we're going to go on this roller coaster. And the person's like, I don't be on a roller coaster. Right. That's OK. Just still come along. Right. At some point in the journey, you ha- there would have to be some transition that you're bought in, but you don't have to start bought in. That's really important. Like it's too high a bar. Ex- and this is something that happens all the time. There's usually one person's like, I really like talking about my feelings and I'm really into this. And they expect their partner to feel the same way about like like emotional work or couples cancelling. Right. It's not fair. Right. Showing up is enough. Right now, here's the thing about like, here, like, so what one of the things again, emotionally focused couples therapy, we'll just keep it to that specifically, right? Um, you know, what I saying we get to the neutral place. So if we can successfully, if we if a couple can like just don't, don't be, don't be worried just for a moment, just put on the back burner, put on the shelf, like, are we going to stay together? Right. And let's just see if we understand what the system is that's happening. Right. So so let's say because they're human beings, I have an assumption that they are walking around in the world as a big one that is here to protect the little one inside them. Both of them. Right. And let's say we crystallize that and we make that into a felt experience. Right. I really, really see the system we created, and I know that I'm hurting and you're hurting, and I get the way we both hurt each other. And we get feel that deeply. That's a that's a crossroads. That's a threshold. Now, what I do next is I'm now gonna sit back and wait and see: is this a threshold that now is the perfect place for them that they they choose? Let's make this shit work. Like from their hearts and their guts. Right. Like, it's not like that's not that's not going to be a like a mental effort decision. They, they will be, whoa, something inside them is going to compel them out of because, my God, like I have missed you. I've so wanted to be another. Here you are. I've been waiting and you're here. Oh, my God, you're not just disappointed at me. Oh, God. Like they they will I they will naturally organically be compelled to go to the next stage or. Well, shit, I'm glad we understand what happened and we can squeeze each other's hand. And I don't know whether, like, whether we keep going from here, right? So we want to get them to that threshold. And then this is the, again, the craft of the work. And then we wait and we wait to see what organically wants to happen, right? It's not, and that's, yeah, it's really important. It's not me pushing them to be together. There isn't there is a built in assumption that, again, little kid was born, all of us, and they actually really wanted to be connected with their mom. They wanted to crawl up and like latch on their They wanted to like that. There, there is a kind of most people, if they, it makes it safe emotionally, they will choose to actually try and be together. Right. If we can get them to that place. Um, but. You know, there's beautiful, beautiful partings that I've got to facilitate with people. And then, of course, the other thing is let's say if we cannot get there, let's say we try and 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 we try try, for whatever reason, one or both of them is too traumatized, too protected, too guarded, it's too scary, whatever it is, right? Um, They're not genuinely, like, who knows, right? Um, That's the best they can do then that's really good information to have right like i mean that's really like 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 if you are going to base your decision on whether we should make it work based on like holy shit we really tried to work this out like find a neutral place where we're looking at what we both do and we couldn't do it that i'm not going to tell people what they should do with that information but i should be pretty well spelt out that anyone could read the data and come to a conclusion
1: yeah i've definitely worked with clients with partners where it felt like there wasn't space for their authentic truth and not everyone is is capable of doing that some people like you said are too traumatized and they aren't They're not ready or they're not willing. They don't want to do it. And that's okay. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or your side. And I've, I've seen multiple men get out of relationships, marriages, long-term relationships, do a bunch of personal growth, learn about themselves. And then they start attracting different kinds of partners, different women, essentially. And then they come back and they say, this is so much easier.
0: Right. It oh, absolutely.
1: Easier relating with with her. It feels easier and different. And it's like right because you grew and yeah. you and you were brave enough to leave that dynamic that wasn't working, and mm-hmm. now you get this person who is willing to yeah. go <clears throat> into that young place and is willing to sort of reveal her heart, and it's so much easier than. The lashing out or the passive aggression or the all the defense mechanisms, which are quite frankly exhausting, <laughs> really tiring to do yeah. it long term over over and over. Right.
0: Yeah. Would <laughs> you 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 I mean, I love what you said. I love the way you said it is that and look, this is my life story, too. Like, you know, it's just that. Like if you want, like if you're, let's say, an 8 out of 10 on being avoidantly, and I don't even like the technical words, but just like if you're an 8 out of 10 of being avoidantly attached, you're probably going to draw an 8 out of 10 of being anxiously attached. And if you want a, and like, you know, they are going to be calling you a ferret or being passive aggressive or whatever, right? Like when they're dis- disappointed, you're not there for them. So if you really don't want an 8 out of 10 anxiously attached partner, well, go make yourself a 5 out of 10 avoidantly attached partner. Like, you know what I mean? That, like, Because like there ain't no five out of 10 avoidantly uh, anxiety attached partners that are out there like using their little naked mole rat. Mm, there's someone really avoidant. Ooh. Oh, let me go sniff on them a little bit more. Right. Like, so yeah, you got to do. And this is like, look, the best place to do. I'm a big believer. The best place to do indiv- like individual work is within the couple most of the time. But you do have to do your own work. And here's here's the amazing thing, though. It's very hard for an insecurely attached person to drag a securely attached person into an insecure world, right? Securely attached people. And again, I hate using these terms, but it's just sim- simpler right now, right? Like, it's too complicated to start explaining them, right? Like, if you're a securely attached person and the person is like, you didn't get me coffee. You didn't get me coffee. F you. The securely attached person is like, go get a grip of yourself. Like, oh, no, this isn't going to work for me. Like, they're just not, they're not even going to buy in. It's not going to hurt. They're just like, you got loco in the cabeza. You've lost your mind, right? There's just not, there's just, a, there's nothing worth to land on when, when someone pulls their nine out of 10 shit on a five out of 10 wounded person. So yeah, do, do your work to integrate. You're not going to stop being a wounded person. I'm I'm certainly never going to stop being a wounded person, but I can be an integrated wounded person.
1: You can be and a now conscious, I, conscious wounded I, person.
0: Exactly. Yeah, a conscious wounded person. And now I and I'm yeah, more likely to be able to be in a relationship. Some other conscious w- wounded person would tolerate me. <laughs> right. Toleration. <laughs> that that's the best I can hope for.
1: <laughs> well, they're going to love that the yeah, exactly. way, anyway, it's there and it's not always because it's aware it's aware exactly exactly yes. and
0: that's what my wife always loves now that I like um with parenting and now a little bit my kids are older but when my my kids were younger I used to tell her look you enrich the kids lives when you're with them and I keep them alive right that's that's the best I can do like and, and, and I'm, I don't mean that as a cop-out like I will work on it but I'm just I'm I'm not as good Like you know, at certain things, you know, like I'm really flawed. I really want to try and I want to be better. And but that's great. That's very different. That, you know, that is like integration. Because instead of me being defensive on my the ways in which contact is hard for me, like I can go like, yeah, I am kind of limited. You're right. And and I feel bad and I want I do want to work on it and I need help. Right. Versus, you know. Whatever. That's
1: a lovely orientation that would feel very welcoming to me as a nice. part. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start to wrap up. And I'm curious. I, I did want to ask you this since I think it's an interesting question. Since You do work with some pretty high powered people. Mm. Is there a difference between what culture would call extremely successful couples and how they interact together? Versus
0: other people, is there a difference? Um, Yeah, that's a really good question. Here's what I would say: the diff. If there's a difference, so look, working with people in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, um, like they're such great problem solvers, right? And like, look, whatever they're they so good at project management and problem solving and creating. You know, apps and like, it's a little hard, it can be harder for them to surrender to, it's the process, not the outcome, right? Just because, you know, they get get excited about a problem to solve, but, you know, it's going to get them in more trouble. If they can't just slow down and just be with what I'm feeling, what the other person's feeling and, and then let that experience create something new. Um, so it can be just a little harder for them to surrender because the parts of their the parts of the brain that has made them so good at what they do for a living need, we need those parts to go take a walk around the park and we're going to do something else and that, that's part of why I like working with that those people because they're like amazingly smart and creative and intelligent but on this particular area they they might even be more challenged because it's harder for them to surrender than you know regular like people that their egos aren't that attached to how amazing they are at solving problems
1: yeah. that was well said as I'm very interested in that that's yeah and that a very interesting angle right So yeah, um, if people are interested in learning more about you, where can they go? What's your? Is there anything you're working on that you're excited about that you want to share? Tell us. Everyone. Well,
0: yeah. So empathy.com. So empathy, like again, with an I on the end, not a Y on the end.com. Um, couldn't afford empathy with a Y on the end.com. Actually, the guy wouldn't sell it to me. Um, and well, and wait, we do. It's,
1: it's very Silicon that? Valley to change a letter. It's
0: exactly. Well, oh, look. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah exactly sure Perfect you know when I, you. I know and when I started the company I was really engrossed in San Francisco Silicon Valley culture I'm like whoa and now of course now not so much but but I was enamored with which I just had a lot of admiration for my clients like and what they do and and so yeah I have this Silicon Valley-esque name Right, to my company, but 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 I do on the website. Like, if you just wanted to poke around, like you didn't want cancelling, I did create an app for couples. Again, being that I created the uh, it's a web app. We've had like over twenty thousand people go through the process. And you can basically get, you answer a bunch of questions and then it'll give you what we call your self-discovery report. And it'll tell you who you are in love and relationship from an attachment perspective in very gentle, kind language, non-pathologizing language. And then if you invite your partner, right, or invite yourself with a different email and then take the quiz again, your partner takes the quiz or you take the quiz as your partner, you get to like dress up as them. And if you do dress up as your partner and take the quiz, please send me a picture.
1: Make sure it's a parrot. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. And um, then you take the quiz as them or they take the quiz and then they get their self discovery report. And then most importantly, we give you your relationship system report, because remember, it's like, who are we together? And so you get um, it reflected to you who you are as one entity, as one system. And all of that is free. Right. I crazily built this whole thing out. Um, Look, the main thing we do is like couples counseling. Right. Um, And there's like we train therapists, you know, mentor them, make them into amazing couples therapists. And uh, but yeah, we have developed courses and apps and videos. And so hopefully there's something for everyone on the website. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Any any last wisdom that you would like to drop in terms of, The difference between good and bad couples counseling. If there are people out there that have been and have had a bad experience, or are about it and trying to figure out how to discern, what would you tell them?
0: Well, I mean, look. Obviously, I'm biased. Finding someone that knows, like, emotionally focused couples therapy that's going to work on trying to help you feel your feelings versus help you feel better, and someone that is committed to working on what is the system versus working on trying to change any one person's behavior because ultimately that person's going to feel blamed and shamed and once anyone feels like they're being asked to carry the load for what the problem is the couples counseling is done even if it goes on for months and months and months you just so so you got to find someone that no shaming it really is an us problem not a me or a you problem and that they're committed and they will not stop trying to love the shit out of both of you So Uh, that you feel safe enough to love each other.
1: I love that. I remember they did a a comprehensive study on different therapeutic modalities for individual counseling and therapy. And essentially, it didn't matter what modality it was, whether it was CBT or DBT or straight up whatever modality. It was, did the person feel loved? Right. By the therapist. Exactly. That was it. That was the whole thing the the outcomes of individual therapy that were successful always rested on that
0: <laughs> exactly and so that's what, and so I know you got to go right the, like this is the thing like you got to find a therapist that like look if you say my favorite thing to do is to cut my fingernails and put them in my ear and your and you have a therapist that's like that is just bad and it's wrong and it's disgusting right like if they like every therapist has their limitations right i don't even know what mine are but well, like if you're like, look, I love Trump and your therapist like, oh no. And like if they can't if they can't see you as an individual regardless of your that is worthy of love, if they're gonna wanna change you, it's not gonna work. It's not going to work. So the therapist has to be able to, is it in the realm of human experience that someone would feel this way, want to do these things? I mean, I might even do it now. I'd never thought of that before to cutting my fingernails and putting them in my ear. I, I think I'll try it. Right. That they have to be like, you know what I mean? They have to be able to just like, Oh yeah, no, well, I get it. Huh? Like they just have to have that natural ability that whatever it is, they're like, okay, Right. Just because otherwise, it's just like you're not accepting people, shaming people. And therapists have way more power than they realize, and that the couple realize to make people feel really bad. Mm -hmm. Very last thing in EFT, emotionally focused couples (laughs) therapy, our inside kind of unfortunate truth is no couples therapy is better than bad couples therapy.
1: Oh, okay. Because
0: it'll actually do more damage, right? If one person ends up feeling shamed or humiliated or blamed in the couple's therapy process.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It could make things worse, not better.
1: Yeah, you so. want to make sure that you feel safe with a therapist or really any anyone you're going to for help and that you feel a sense of care. Exactly. And if you don't feel those things, you need to rethink that person. Right. You are in the driver's seat, you are empowered to choose mm. and unchoose the people totally. that
0: help. Yeah. Another last break bald.
1: <laughs> Definitely get a bald therapist.
0: Now, I'm not saying anything about anyone in particular now, but bald therapists. Watch.
1: Bald therapists are the best therapists.
0: Exactly. Bald and funny. <laughs> Compulsively funny. Can't help okay. it. No. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. We'll wrap there. Hey guys did you know I teach a course exactly about sex it's called please her in bed and it's based on all of my sex research asking women what do the men who are best in bed do I asked over a thousand women 1067 to be precise and then I put together this course here are a few responses from men who've taken it I almost immediately started seeing a woman shortly after the course she is open and all over me and we've had sex before the course I hadn't had intercourse in about two years And I found that a couple of men have said this, where they've taken the course and then they've started having sex with a woman, and I think it's because their confidence levels went up because they finally felt like they actually knew what they were doing. Here's another man who was married when he started taking it. I took the course hoping to establish a closer relationship with my wife of over 20 years. Our sex life was always vanilla, but lately it had dwindled to less than once a month and not particularly satisfying for either of us. Since the course, however, our sex life has improved considerably. Now I feel way more confident about my ability to connect with my wife and make the experience satisfying for both of us. I've always loved her, but feel like I'm falling in. Love with her again after 25 years. If you're interested in hearing more, go to pleaseherinbed.com and the course is listed for $97. But if you're a podcast listener and you use code DEARMEN, that's all one word, DEARMEN, you can get it for $69.